Welcome back to the Women in the Business Arena podcast. Every week, we dive into juicy topics for women navigating the business arena, leadership, and their personal self-development. We reframe business and life with a more feminine lens to help women find more fulfillment, freedom, and success. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, and as always, I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Laura Schick-Guzman. Today, we thought we would dive into the topic of confidence, right? I think a lot of times in business, you know, or in the business arena or in areas of leadership, we talk about being more confident or struggling with confidence. So we thought we would explore that on today's episode. What do you think, Laura? Yes, I actually am super excited about this because I think I've, yeah, had a relationship with challenging myself with confidence my whole life. I don't know. What about you, Sonia? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it's interesting. I have an interesting relationship with confidence. I think in some ways I felt pretty confident in my life, even as a child, and in other ways I haven't. And so, you know, I think, and that's probably true for many of us, right? We have areas where we feel confident and we go into those spaces and we can own them and we can sort of, you know, be in them. And then we have areas where we feel less confident, we feel more insecure, we have more self-doubt. Yeah, it's an interesting relationship as we explore it because I think, you know, sometimes we either identify ourselves as not confident or we identify ourselves as confident, but I think in reality we always have areas of both. Yeah. Well, I've always just been fascinated on the gender differences in confidence as well Mm. Um, because, you know, there's actually studies, and I think it's like a um, Cornell University that did a study and they found that, you know, men were actually much more likely to overestimate their abilities. I think they they measured them and just overall confidence of ability and performance. And then the women actually underestimated themselves in both areas. The men are overestimating their abilities and women are underestimating. And so this gender gap is really interesting to me too, because I see that this leads to men just, you know, applying for positions or taking on things that they're not as qualified for. And I just cry at so many of like myself and my friends and my colleagues and these amazing women in the world that I see they work, work, work until they feel like they're 100% capable before they take that leap. And I don't know what that is, you know, why we have to hold ourselves to such a high standard before we feel like we can jump in. I mean, I have my theories, but that is a big thing that I always think about when, when it comes to men and women in the entrepreneurial arena. Yeah, well, oh, like, I, mean, I feel like there's so much we can talk around that. I'm like, where do I start? I think it'd be really cool. I, I personally always like to look at definitions because I think it's really interesting to understand the actual definition of a word. And so with confidence, some of the definitions are the feeling or belief that one can rely on someone or something, firm trust. So that's like confidence in something. The state of feeling certain about the truth of something, you know, and I I like that alone, like the idea of certainty or trust, I think that's really interesting because what it illustrates, I think, for a lot of women is we don't trust ourselves. We don't trust our certainty either. 
you know, that is very systemic in terms of the patriarchal influence, right? You know, we've talked about this many times, you know, in terms of how we're influenced by the patriarchal society in so many ways, the feminine, the wisdom that we have innately, our innate sense of certainty, our trust in ourselves, that is really sort of indoctrinated out of us from day one as a woman, as, you know, someone who wants to experience more of the feminine, it's not trustworthy, right? Logic is trustworthy. Reasoning is trustworthy. Science is trustworthy. And all that innate certainty and wisdom that we have is not trustworthy. So I think it's really something we have inside of us from like the day we're born. Yes. I'm so glad that you bring up the systemic challenges because one thing that is a pet peeve of mine, and I see it in so many leadership articles and funny enough, often written by men that like to tell us about the gender gap and confidence. And there's always this advice to women, you know, just to step up and be more confident. You know, oh, one of the main reasons why women don't excel at the corporate ladder is you ladies just aren't confident enough, you know, just step up. And it's just <laughs> so patronizing and it's so dismissive of the issues affecting women in professional spaces. And it starts, like you said, when we're children. I think we do receive a lot of messages. Plenty of people can tell you differences in what, between themselves and their brothers, you know, where the boy in the family was just like, they were entrusted by the parents to do certain things where the daughter, you know, the girl gets kind of the message of, oh, I don't know if you can do this yet. I don't know if you're ready for that. I don't know. You know, women are more likely to even stay at home longer, parents give them less freedoms, right? So what is all that message that you're giving a young girl? It's this idea that mm, for some reason I, I can't be trusted enough or I'm not somehow competent enough to do this. And that lingers in our psyche and in our unconsciousness, even if we think that we've stepped beyond it. I mean, I definitely can relate to the fact that I've become more confident with age, which is so true for many women because what happens is that over time, we get experience, we test the waters, then we realize, ooh, I can trust myself, I've got this. And then we do more and more risk-taking and we develop that confidence. So over time through experience, women will gain that level of confidence because we test it out or we get more education. We, we trust our degrees. You know, the more that we know, the better. But I would love my daughter to start off now, you know, <laughs> like, and we have young daughters, both 17. And then you've got your little bitty who, gosh, did she just turn five? Yeah, she just turned five. <laughs> <laughs> so imagine like if they don't have to wait till they're 40. Why is it that so many women tell me, well, in my 40s, I finally started trusting myself. I started to ask for those promotions. I started to go after what I want. And that's when you see a lot of women transitioning careers, right? Is they'll wait until kind of midlife and then they'll trust that there's something else that they might be meant to do. So I think that that is just really fascinating. We can't talk about this topic without just acknowledging this is not just a personal choice for you to be like, I'm going to be confident now. It's important yes. that you acknowledge you have been conditioned to doubt yourself and developing trust is something that you can do. But please be compassionate and understand. And the next time a guy just tells you to, well, just pull up that seat to the table, say, I'm actually going to remake that table. Okay? So yeah. step back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it looks so true. There's so many things I want to respond to what you just said too. Like, you know, I have fiercely protected my daughter's trust in themselves. Like – 
you know, there's so many ways that the men in our lives or the society in our lives has wanted to diminish their feeling sense, their wisdom, their innate trust in themselves. And I have fiercely fought against that in order to protect their space so that they do trust themselves from right on. So they do feel confident doing things because they're going to have enough of that diminishing as they get older and they get more and more into society and we're not there to protect them as much. But it's been such an important thing for me because I know how many women I have to work with in terms of their confidence. Like in it's most of us, most of us have deep-seated anger, deep-seated pain, deep-seated suffering in which we were dismissed, in which we were not acknowledged, in which we were seen as the weaker sex or as, you know, the weaker gender. And so I think that's this, it's so subtle and it's so systemic in every possible way. And, you know, it's interesting because I was reading this again today in my um, Women's Bodies, Women's Wisdom, which is a book I've been reading again recently. Um, I talked about it in the last podcast as well. And she talks about how the medical system from day one teaches us that the feminine body is wrong, that it's wrong and that it's in need of lots of care and control and, you know, managing. And even if you look at a lot of societies, I mean, there still is, you know, a huge problem in the world in total where, you know, girls are more likely to be malnourished than the boys in the family. And girls are more likely to be killed than the boys in the family. Because if you can, you know, only have a limited amount of children or you're really poor, most cultures still want boys. Like there is all this stuff and we can't dismiss it, you know, on an unconscious level that it's seeped into who we are and what we're doing. And I think from an early age, you know, boys are more confident. It will I guess it depends on what happens, but it's really interesting because boys and girls might start off, you know, in the same level of confidence. But as they're growing, even if you watch in playgroups or you start watching at school, you'll you'll notice that the boys get more and more confident, more and more bold. And a lot of the girls get less and less confident and less and less bold. And that carries on through our lives. And so it's really interesting to contemplate for ourselves in which ways have we been influenced by the people in our lives. And it's not enough, you know, like you were saying, it's not enough to just decide, I'm just going to step up to the table or I'm just going to be confident. The way towards confidence is often through the suffering. And I think that's the challenge and that's the hard part is that we have to feel that pain and we have to feel in ways we were slighted or hurt to actually integrate them and to build real confidence. Whereas a lot of people, what they're building is fake confidence. It's not real. Yeah. Oh. And you know what word really stood out to me when you were talking, Sonia, is the diminishment of young girls. The diminishing of that confidence starts at such a young age. And I think that word is just so poignant. And it really, it pauses me to and to stop and think too is where am I seeing this in my environment with my colleagues in the organizations that I'm in? And like, how can I as another woman lift another woman up or notice that when someone is being diminished and just like step in, you know, I think this comes into something that you and I've talked about throughout other podcasts is, you know, women seeing the marginalization of other women and really stepping up and supporting one another. I mean, how often 
do we really stop and just congratulate each other <laughs> for yeah. for doing what it is that we're doing? I think that we we obviously need to find this trust in ourselves, but we don't have to wait around for the powers that be, for the systems, especially the more older corporate systems to change. Like, where do we have that agency within our own business? And I think that many of the women that are listening, I can guarantee many of you are women leaders that are leading other women. And if I can say anything about like the empowerment movement is like really stand behind that your main message to these women is that they do not need to be diminished and that we have to start seeing each other's value. We have to start trusting each other, do more business with each other, support women owned. I could go on a little, you know, soapbox on this, but it just makes me realize like how we do have more power than we think to raise one another up. If we start looking for those just that lens of like, where's that woman maybe being diminished? How can I step up and encourage her and support her and celebrate that success so that we're all collectively raising our confidence? Love it. So true. And I think, you know, where we often start with confidence and, and where we're indoctrinated to look for confidence is an outside validation, right? And and that is not the ideal way to build confidence, but sometimes it's a beginning. And so if we're supporting each other, we are in a way boosting each other's confidence, right? So we can start with sort of that outside validation. But the real journey to confidence is solo. It really is. And so often we're looking to boost our confidence by getting more degrees, by learning more, by getting more educated, by watching more training, by investing in more training, by, you know, getting the letters behind our name, right, to show that we have qualifications. You know, I, I see this constantly, you know, women always wanting to get more and more and more and more education because they feel like somehow that will validate that they know what they're doing. And I think that is not the best pathway to confidence because it's still not addressing the true source of the lack of confidence, which is internal, which is usually around self-worth, which is usually the ways in which we've been diminished and abused by the people around us. And so we have to go back to those places to truly heal and step more and more into our confidence. And in some ways, you know, it's really what I see with my clients a lot of times is it's really about trusting themselves, right? So the more they trust themselves, the more confident they become. Absolutely. Yes. And you're right. It's like if you look at the root of this is a lack of internal trust and we can't depend on the external. The external is supportive. It's always great to get external validation, but it is the internal work. I mean, I think this comes back to why you and I talk about the importance of business coaching and therapeutic work for your business, because some of what it means to dive into these inner spaces is looking at more of your inner psyche and the unconscious beliefs and patterns that you still perpetuate that keep you from trusting yourself. And we don't always realize that somehow we're holding ourselves back. We try to pave the way or try to, um, well, let me just get that job or let me just get to that leadership position. Let me get that position on city council, whatever it is that I've got to do to, to show that I'm competent. That's only one side of that coin. And if you don't have that internal trust, then you're not going to even really enjoy 
that space once you get there. You know, like so many women that do, and this is men and women as well, you know, once they finally do get to a position of leadership, then they're really crippled by imposter syndrome. Because they, if they haven't developed the trust of self and then they're in those positions of power or influence, then they think, oh, well, who am I to even be here? I can't believe I, I even got here and now I'm going to have to fake it and I'm going to have to pretend like I know everything. And, you know, and then you don't even actually have the impact that you intended to make because you don't have that inner trust to rely on. So, you know, I think a question maybe some of the listeners might even have. So it's like, where do they start with that? Like, where do you start building this trust of self when you feel like you've faced years of those around you, you know, diminishing that and you feel lost and you, you don't even know how to tether that, you know, to find that within yourself? Yeah, it's a really good question. And I'll answer it from some of my experience and then you can answer it from some of yours as well. And I think in my sort of experience with working with thousands of women over the years is that there's kind of a three-pronged approach, if you will. <laughs> so, you know, one is doing the healing, doing the inner work, whether it's that's with a therapist, whether that's in self-development courses, whether that's in your meditation, yoga practice, whatever it is you're doing to kind of work on integrating the actual trauma, right? So the, the things that you have that have impacted you in such to such high degree. So doing that internal work is really important. So I think that's sort of one prong, right? The other prong is that it's about choosing self-trust. Like so many people think self-trust comes from proof, but that's not how it works. Self-trust comes from faith. It comes from a choice. It's basically you saying, I'm going to trust myself even if I'm wrong. I'm going to trust myself even if no one believes me. I'm going to trust myself even if everyone hates me for it. I'm going to trust myself. And that's what I choose. Every day I choose to trust myself. I don't care if I'm wrong. I don't care if I end up, you know, being proved wrong. It doesn't really matter. I'm choosing to trust myself. And that's what matters. And so that also is a really, really important practice. And that's a choice. And then I think the third prong is through skill building, right? Like, we're so often trying to be masters of everything from day one. You know, like we just think we can just pop in and be a master. But it really comes from skill building. So as you practice and practice and practice and practice and practice and practice and practice, and practice and practice a little bit more and skill build each time and everything in our lives, right? We can skill build everything. We can skill build confidence. You know, when we're skill building, we're allowing ourselves to try something, to test something, to fall, to fail. It's totally fine. We'll get back up and try again. You know, that's skill building. And when we do that, we gain more and more confidence. So I know, you know, you can take something as simple as like, you know, doing this podcast. When I first started, I didn't really know what I was doing, you know, I struggled with some of my confidence around speaking, around are we going to be able to come up with a topic around, you know, all these different things. And as we, you know, built skills, as we practiced, as we kept going, as we tried, you know, now it's really easy and, and I feel very confident, you know, working this podcast. So, you know, we can do that with every area of our lives. And so that's what I find for me, it's really those three things. So it's it's setting aside to do the internal work. It's choosing that. It's choosing self-trust no matter what. And it's being able to, to practice skill building. 100% agree with all of those. And I will underline that practicing and understanding the value of experience. 
because I have a lot of clients that come in and, you know, they don't even know where to start or, or they're like ready to heal a trauma. And they're just like, how am I ever going to let myself feel the intensity of that enough to process through it or integrate it? And my, you know, reminder to them is that we increase trust with ourselves little by little, because what we have to do is we have to understand that we can, you know, we can trust our capacity for discomfort. We can trust our capacity to live in this world no matter what comes. And that doesn't happen overnight. It's skill building. Like you said, it's, it's putting yourself out there and telling that person that you love them first and feeling your whole body tremble with anticipation of whether or not that's going to be reciprocated. And yet you do it. And maybe there is a rejection and guess what? You're still alive and your heart still beats and you just got that much more. You just experienced a depth of pain that will now allow you to experience a depth of joy when that love one day is returned, right? So understanding that each vulnerability, each time we risk, that's just growing and deepening that trust in self. And I think when you really just put it into a basic um, understanding like self-trust is when we can trust ourselves to take care of our needs and our safety. We keep ourselves safe and we meet our needs. And if you're doing that, that means that you're setting boundaries, means that you're finding your authentic voice, you're expressing your truth. It's when we start to betray ourselves because we fear not being liked, we fear rejection, we feel the hurts that life can give us. You know, that's when we betray ourselves. And the more you betray, the less you can trust. And so that takes a hit on our confidence. And so let, let me tell you how this is an epidemic, right? Because yeah. we are trained from day one to not trust our feelings, to not trust our wisdom, to not trust our intuition, especially as a child. We can't possibly know anything as a child. You know, we haven't been indoctrinated enough. We haven't been taught enough. You know, and so from day one, we are dismissed our intuition, our reasoning, our, you know, wisdom, our sense of things, our feelings. And so we stop trusting ourselves from day one. So this has been built up over decades for most of us, you know, those of us who are in our decades, you know, that we have been taught that trusting ourselves is dumb, that trusting ourselves is dangerous, that trusting ourselves is stupid. And so, you know, this is very ingrained in us. So when we talk about, yeah, this is about learning to trust yourself again and also acknowledging where you've betrayed yourself, this is true for all of us. I have betrayed myself thousands and thousands of times, right? From the time I was a child, for in my teenage years, in my 20s, in my 30s. I'm sure that I still betray myself now, but I work really hard to trust myself. <laughs> and so it's okay, you know, there's no perspective that you're bad and wrong for not trusting yourself. Because I think that also is where people can go with it, right? They can go to this place of like, gosh, why am I so stupid? Why do I not trust myself? You know, and even in that, they're, you know, really dismissing themselves again. And so it can be this real loop, this real negativity loop of mistrust and not understanding. So you can start at any moment trusting yourself again. You can choose trust from this moment right here, right now. And you can honor all the ways that you betrayed yourself. Most of the time we betray ourselves out of survival and that's okay. And you're amazing and it's totally fine. And we can forgive ourselves for those betrayals, but we can also keep choosing self-trust from this point forward. Yes. 
Yes. And there it is again, that we're going to make that mistake. We're going to betray ourselves. And then we notice it and then we take care of ourselves and we create more safety and we meet our needs even better. And, you know, it is at the heart of self-betrayal is a fear, fear of being rejected, fear of loss, fear of, you know, discomfort. And so, so much of what I teach my clients is, you know, the next time that you feel discomfort in your body, sit with it for a minute before you sweep it away, before you binge on Netflix, before you take that drink, before you go online and shop, like before you dismiss that discomfort in your body, sit with it for 60 seconds and you'll be amazed that you can and that you don't die. Because people have irrational fear around discomfort in the body and emotional discomfort. And they're like, I can't feel that hurt. I can't feel that loss. I can't feel that thing that's just going to take me over the edge. But usually you can for just a minute. And then you go do that thing. Even if it is some, an unhealthy coping mechanism, I tell my clients, I was like, you know, if you're going to go do that thing that you don't really want to do, one minute sit with the discomfort first. I want you to just sit and trust that you can because the next time you'll sit with yourself for two minutes and realize that you can. And so that ability to trust ourselves with discomfort, to just breathe through it. And we find out really interesting things about sensation in the body. We find that they're just energy. We find that it moves through our body all these different things we learn about ourselves. And then guess what? We trust ourselves more. We trust that our body knows how to integrate energy and how to process and release unneeded feelings or energy and sensations. Like they all change, right? So I think that that's one practice. Like if you're just wondering, where do I even start? Like this seems like a really big thing to take on self-trust. It's like just notice the next time you feel a little rejected or you feel a little sad or you're remembering a loved one whom you've lost. And before you just wipe those tears away and get up and move about your day, let yourself cry or let yourself feel for a minute and then pick up the Kleenex and then wipe and dry the tears and then move on to the next thing. But you will then know that you have that capacity to sit with the hard stuff. I love that. And, you know, it reminds me of like this one minute at a time. I was thinking about my um, five-year-old is doing yoga at school mm. and they have a yoga class and they're teaching them to meditate and sit still, right? And they started with one minute and their goal is to, you know, keep adding, you know, seconds until they get to five minutes, right? And so sometimes that's the skill building, right? It's saying, okay, I'm going to trust myself just once today, just once right? And then it's that little bit of trust or that little bit of feeling, as you were saying, you know, being able to just sit with a feeling for one minute. Like you can baby step it. You don't have to be like the master of self-trust, you know, from day one. You can just say, oh, I'm just going to just trust myself today. Maybe it's, I'm just going to trust myself to choose my next step. Or maybe it's, I'm just going to trust myself to eat what I feel like I should eat today right? doesn't matter what anyone else says, what anybody else wants. I'm just going to trust myself. I mean, sometimes it's the simplest things that, you know, we can trust ourselves with, um, you know, and so many of us also don't acknowledge where we do trust ourselves. So for instance, a lot of mothers trust themselves with their kids, right? They trust, well, 
I guess we all go into doubt with there as well. But, you know, like in some ways we trust. We trust that we're going to get our kids fed. We're going to get our kids cleaned up. We're going to make sure they get to school. Like in some ways we do trust ourselves, but we don't acknowledge it. You know, we acknowledge all the ways that we're not trusting or all the ways that we're not confident or all the ways we're failing. But we don't, again, acknowledge, you know, how much confidence we have in certain areas or how well we trust ourselves with our clients. So I think the acknowledgement of where we are self-trusting is also really important. Yes, yes, yes. You know, it's interesting when we started off this conversation, you know, we really wanted to focus on confidence. And often we talk about doubt or we talk about imposter syndrome. And so, you know, we're like, let's really focus on what does it mean for women to have a relationship to their sense of confidence? It's such a beautiful return to the idea that it starts with self-trust and that it's not something to obtain. It is something to reclaim. Oh, I love that. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Confidence is not something to obtain. It's something to reclaim. That is beautiful. That's really amazing. And in fact, I think that's that's kind of a great place to finish today. Do you have anything to add? I'll only encourage people to sit with this and let themselves feel that reverberate and that wisdom that the confidence is theirs to reclaim. Yeah, I love that. Well, thank you all for joining us and we will see you next week. Do you want more from your business but feel unsure about where to start? If you're applying the wrong strategies, you can pour a lot of time, energy, and resources into your business and still not get the results you want. Luckily, if you're a service business, There's a free two-minute business assessment on my website that can help you get clear about what stage of growth you're in and what strategies you can use now to get where you want to go. You can find this and some really powerful training at sonyastatman.com backslash assessment. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Women in the Business Arena. We'd love to welcome you into our community. Come join the Women in the Business Arena Facebook group. You can find the link in the show notes. And if you want to learn more about me and my work, you can find me at sonyastatman.com. See you next week.